Welcome to Cure Chronic, a place where we have deep conversations and hear amazing stories about chronic disease and more. Here's your host, Becky Gale. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm super excited to announce another Canadian coming all the way from Nanaimo, BC, which is actually not too far away. I was just in Nanaimo a few weeks ago. This is Sandra. She's actually on a chronic wellness journey, just like me. She runs the Chronic Wellness Tips radio show on CHLY in Nanaimo, BC. You can check it out at chly.ca slash listen. It was so exciting to get connected with you because it's so awesome to hear that there's somebody else out there doing similarly to what I'm doing. And you know, it's just so wonderful to be able to have a platform to give a voice for people with chronic disease, chronic illness, that sort of thing. So absolutely. And you know, having, having that voice and that awareness, it is, I think it's important for those of us that have chronic conditions to feel that sense of community, to be able to connect and share those stories. But I also think it's important for everyone to be able to get a little bit of a more of an understanding, see what it actually might be like to live with a chronic condition. Absolutely. And I think that there's, I don't think there's enough information out there about maybe chronic disease or chronic illness, but not necessarily what they are, but how the person experiences it. Because every single person has a different story, even if they have the same disease, for example, and they have different experiences with their family members, with their friends, with their doctors. And for them, they could have gone through something incredibly traumatic, incredibly heartbreaking. And this is just an opportunity to talk about what we went through and, and bring out that trauma. And like you say, as a community, we can work on it together and bring that awareness about chronic disease so that people can support each other in a, in a better way and, and be more understanding so that when people are in pain or they don't know what's going on, they can be there for them. That's so important. I also think that there is often a hesitancy for us to talk about our chronic condition. It's not, not that any sort of illness is glitz and glamour, but it's, it's personal. Absolutely. And I think that along with that, it's the vulnerability as well. People are afraid to put themselves out there because people see illnesses as a sign of weakness. Instead though, you know, it's not, you're just sick. Just because you have a disease, it doesn't mean that you're a different person. It doesn't mean that you're a weak person. It doesn't mean anything. It just means that you have a disease, big deal. And so one of the things that's really interesting about what I'm doing is I'm finding more and more people that are becoming advocates for uh, people that have similar diseases and advocates for themselves and then are bringing awareness to um, their chronic disease, but also disease in general, so that people don't let their diseases define them. Because that's where that weakness, those thoughts of weakness comes in, those thoughts of, oh, I'm not worth it, or oh, like just pretty much negative thoughts because they're letting the disease define themselves. And so at the end of the day, what I'm really hoping for, for what I'm doing, is to be able to tell people that they're not victims of disease, they're survivors, they're warriors. If you can survive, living with a chronic disease, like, let me tell you, you're dealing with something that's a lot harder than what you, what you think, but what a lot of other people think as well. So, so much of understanding it from the mental, mental aspect and not letting that mm -hmm. take over. And yeah, absolutely. Not to, not defining, defining you. So Sandra, could you tell me a little bit about your story a little bit? Yeah, for sure. So 
my chronic condition is in the autoimmune category and it's rheumatoid arthritis. I was diagnosed at the age of eight years old. That's a long time ago. That's several decades. So that's been something that I, from a very early age, had to navigate and figure it out along the way. It took a while to even get properly diagnosed, which is something that I hear a lot. I was fairly lucky that my rheumatoid arthritis, although very severe, was really primarily only in one of my joints, my left knee. I could do most things. I couldn't participate in sports. I couldn't do, but I, I navigated along. What really happened and really changed for me is when I, when I hit my 40s, my disease activity woke up. It was no longer just in my left knee. It was, it was everywhere. That was also a time when I was making strides in my career, working really hard. And you talked about, we talked about how we don't always, we don't want our disease to, or our illness to define us, or we don't always talk about it. How I chose to take on my adult working life with chronic illness was to push harder, never be seen as weak or as vulnerable, trying to work my way up in middle management within corporations. I wasn't going to be that girl that didn't show up because of her aches and pains or whatever, because no one really understands necessarily. And that actually was not the best service that I, have, that I could have done to myself. That's very much what I did because living with a chronic illness, it is not easy. There's the fatigue factor. There is no matter which, um, for what I'm learning and speaking with a lot of people, all the different conditions that we have, there are some commonalities. Fatigue is often one of them. So that and a full-time job and all of this and this and this and this. I eventually had to stop working doing the nine to five. I couldn't do it. Interestingly enough, my doctor had been suggesting it to both my rheumatologists three years before. Then my GP, when they would see me presenting in the office, broken and exhausted and my condition worsening, they would mildly suggest that I might want to take a medical leave and I, I fought it tooth and nail because that's not what I wanted because for me that was failure. Then, so that was a, that was a transition. I had some other health challenges that uh, came along the way. So I live on Vancouver Island. When this was happening, when I was talking about the working stuff, I was living in, in Vancouver busy, large city. I moved to Vancouver Island with my partner. Most of my family was here. I thought, okay, maybe I can embrace this sort of don't do the hectic pace, relax a little bit, don't be so hard, hard on myself. Now recognizing, and this is a recurring theme for me, that stress was something that would make my, my condition worse. So we moved to Vancouver Island. I was flaring. It was um, we arrived on August 31st or October 31st, Halloween. It was pouring rain, moving in and of itself for anybody, right? It's difficult, but having to do that, it was, so it was just, it was exhausting. Then something very interesting happened uh, in the month of December, just after the next month after we moved here, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. That turned my world completely upside down. It took four years, one year of Diagnose, and I went through the system pretty quick, quickly. Diagno diagnosis, surgery, chemotherapy, more surgery, one side mastectomy and reconstruction. After that year, so a full year of treatment, when treatment was over for that, it took me another full three full years to sort of catch my breath. And that's when I reinvented my life. That's when I was able to finally make, to make some changes because I was forced to make some changes. It gave me a totally different perspective. And so that 
is where I am now and doing things and being a voice and I have a radio show and I talk about I talk about overcoming challenges and how hard it is to be in that space and and how we have to ride the wave and and do that so now I'm someone who is cancer free for six or seven years and counting and I still have active rheumatoid arthritis and osteoarthritis but I'm living well with it instead of suffering with well some days there is suffering I'm not afflicted with or suffering with arthritis I'm someone who is is living and trying to live well with arthritis and it's you know it's a daily practice with all of the different things so that kind of to bring it from from eight years old to now being in my mid-50s it's been a, it's been a journey yeah it sounds like a journey <laughs> but it, I love I love the fact that you say you're not suffering with arthritis you're living with it and I think that's huge because instead of again it's kind of on the same line of instead of letting the disease define you you're taking control of the disease sort of thing you know you talked about a few different things in your story one of the funny things that I'm kind of getting like that keeps coming up with my podcast is the fact that people who get chronic disease and this is like probably 98% of everyone are type A personalities. They're the people that are always on the go. They have to do the best at work. They, they do everything for other people before themselves. They will not say no to certain things. And anyways, they're just go, 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 go until their body has to, their body literally tells them, nope, you yep. need to slow down. Uh, this is what's happening now. And you have to take care of yourself. And then because of the way that we are, I'm the exact same way, we have to take medical leave and medical leave is not a bad thing, but we see it as failure. We see it as a bad thing. Medical leave means that there's something going on in your body. You need to take care of yourself and, and let everything else go and look after number one sort of thing. And for a lot of us, unfortunately, we push ourselves so far to the point where we're hospitalized for months we have to get treatments, we have to have surgery, we have to have X, Y, Z. Or for some people, for example, it could turn into cancer too. And, you know, I'm so happy to hear that you've recovered from your breast cancer. But the interesting thing, um, I've, I've talked to a few people with cancer, is doctors and nurses and everybody in the cancer field are super good at the diagnosis and the treatment of cancer but they don't tell you about the recovery afterwards. As soon as that cancer is gone and you're cancer free, they're like, okay, bye, go have a good life. And yet you're missing parts. You just dealt with an incredibly toxic, toxic drug in your body. And then you're just expected to just bounce back on your feet. No, no, no. No, it's the hardest parts of that journey is not knowing what the recovery would be, be like. And you're right, they don't talk about it. It also has, for, for women and breast cancer, something that is very rarely talked about is chemotherapy gives you a medically induced menopause just like that. And oh that is goodness. really hard on the body. And so you have all of that wow. and you're so, uh, the menopause cycle that can go on for like 10 years, you know, you go through perimenopause mm -hmm. and all of this, and then it just, can't, you can't medicate because of mm -hmm. the estrogen um, the hormonal thing and you and so that is a real that is a real change time and the recovery and the depletedness of your body like you you mm -hmm. mentioned 
you just go through so many like the toxic chemicals and they, yeah, through every round before the next round, they need to give you more medications to bring your white cells up before it's, um, it's, uh, I, I mean, I talk about it and it was brutal and it was, but I, I didn't, I didn't get coerced into doing that. I've been very vocal and um, active self-advocate for years. I chose that because of the aggressive nature of the cancer that I had, but that doesn't take any way, anything away from the fact that it was, it was tough. Absolutely. And I think that no matter what we go through, and even though we're trying to be positive about it and we're trying to be advocates about it and that sort of thing, it doesn't mean that it's not hard. And people can't tell us, oh, well, it can't be that bad. Or, oh, well, you know, but you're better now. All those, mm-hmm. those things that people say and it doesn't mean that your story wasn't hurtful. It wasn't harmful to your body. It wasn't anything. And so I think that the good thing about that what happens when we go through these traumatic experiences is we come out a better person. Well, the majority of the time anyway. Yeah. And, and we learn and, and part of, yeah. I mean, part of the experience that I had from having a chronic illness for decades before going into this, I already was ahead of the game because I know how to communicate really strongly with my medical team and it's a team, Yeah, you know, and so that was, you know, there's always, I always try to find the silver lining and the upside. I wanted to touch on something that you had mentioned that really, really is an important part of how I look at illness as well. And it's like when you're saying your the body finally says, no, that's enough. When you and I had our brief introduction, we mentioned the same, the same author and it's this book right here, right? Yeah. When the body um, says no. When the yeah. body says no, <laughs> the cost of hidden stress. Yes. That is something that I absolutely, I, I believe in wholeheartedly. To me, it's not anecdotal. With my chronic condition, you could chart with a graph, high stress flare to arrive two, three days later. Now it's my, that is my, my, my platform getting to the, to the root cause of we can't necessarily change things that are stressful. The key is we have to change how we respond to that stress yes. and have tools for it. I'm convinced my moving to the island and taking on a whole bunch of other things, such as being a caregiver for my parents as well, may, it wasn't enough. I needed to get, I, I have the, the cancer experience to literally <laughs> knock. There is nothing there. If that hadn't happened, I would not have slowed down. I would not mm-hmm. have, I would have just, I, 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 I wasn't, something needed to happen to really rewire how I felt about it. Not just how I mm-hmm. thought about, how I thought about it, how I felt about it and what that meant for me. I don't say the words cure, um, mm-hmm. live well, manage. Mm-hmm. You can do it. I mean, it's just, pra- it's taking care of yourself or not taking care of yourself is going to have a result on how you respond with, with everything. So it's that, that stress component is, is so valid. Definitely. And I think, you know, anybody out there that has an autoimmune disease needs to listen to this book or just needs to read this, listen to this, read the book, or he has so many different points in that book that re- number one resonated with me. I talk about it as much as I can because of the fact that that that's what happened to me. That's what happened to you. That's what happened to so many different people that I've talked to. It's like, oh, well, or even for example, they've had a trauma in their past. And instead of dealing with that trauma and, and perhaps going to counseling or just talking to a friend or just trying to work through that trauma, they suppress it. And because of the fact that they're suppressing it and they're trying to live their daily lives, that's a cost of hidden stress as well. And so Mm -hmm. 
when people talk to me about autoimmune disease, you know, you could almost pinpoint it back to either a certain time or a person's like personality and their, and the way they live their life sort of thing. And you can actually just be like, oh yeah, so this is kind of where your first flare started. And these are the reasons why, mm-hmm. you know, and of course that's stereotyping. It's not a hundred percent of all cases, but you know, it's a good majority and it's just, it's amazing. And I think that like, honestly, everybody needs to read that book because it's, um, it's pretty eye-opening, that's for sure. Let's both do that. Put that in our show notes and our reference mm-hmm. um, material because it is uh, it's so it's so powerful. And yeah, the connection, the correlation with autoimmune diseases, which there are so many of them. Like, Definitely. And that's how, that's how you and I sort of bonded and connected because cure chronic, chronic wellness, kind yeah. of almost <laughs> we're saying the same thing. We're saying, yeah. we're saying the same thing within in different um in different uh, different ways which is that uh, touches a lot of people there's a lot uh, a lot of people in this community absolutely so so out of your whole life and your whole experience what do you think was the hardest thing that you had to go through definitely the hardest thing i had to go through was that sort of that that culmination of the cancer and the rheumatoid arthritis it you know, it was the perfect storm, everything. It was uh, very, very intense. But what we're talking about is the chronic illness piece. And so for me, the chronic condition was rheumatoid arthritis. And while it was during actual chemotherapy for however many eight or 10 weeks that went on, my, my RA was fine. It was because of all the stuff that was being pumped into me, all, lots of steroids, pre-meds, right? So you were just like prednisone, to the eyeballs and everything. So that was good. The moment chemo stopped, flare, are you kidding me? So intense. And we had to, I had to work really at an amazing rheumatologist. I, um, she was, I was living on the island that she was over in Vancouver and I still went to go and see her because she was so committed to wanting to see me through this with the combination of conditions that were going on with me. And we had to really work hard on what medications. So Within the autoimmune community, there's a lot of cross between medications. Someone with Crohn's disease would perhaps be the same type of medication as someone who has rheumatoid arthritis. So things like um, Remicade, Humira, um, lots of those biologicals and things like that are some, sort of like the next um, one, of the, one of the levels of medication. Well, those are a no-no when you've had an estrogen positive cancer experience. So there's a whole bunch of hormonal factors that we had to be super cautious of towards so how we would medicate so it took a long long time to find something that was safe something that was safe so we would um getting disease i mean i can talk all the time it's about attitude remove your stress and all that kind of stuff but i getting disease activity under control sometimes requires prescription medication that's reality and it took a long time to find something i was in a severe flare for 16 months by the end of that, I was almost bedridden. So that was the, that was the, hard, the hardest thing. And then interestingly enough, you know, you hear someone's at their, at their rock bottom or lowest point. If it's if at your lowest point, then the only other way must be up. And so that's when that I decided to take care of my health. But oh, I, I can't even, you do, there's, a, there's almost a blessing. Like there's, a, there's parts with this that are, are gone from my memory. They can lost chunks of time and, but that's okay. Cause I don't really necessarily want to relive all that, but it was intense. No kidding. That sounds 
Oh, you know, it's funny because when we first talked, I kind of said that I had my Crohn's disease has ca had caused rheumatoid arthritis. And right before I actually, well, as you know, I just went to the island. And um, right before my trip, it was crazy because I had a really bad arthritis flare up for almost two weeks. It was about 10 days. And I just could not imagine, like the pain that I was in, like I could not imagine 16 months of that. I like, oh my goodness. Ow. Just oh, ow. Yeah. And, and, you know, I didn't, I've never even realized that Remicade and Humira, like you can't take it if you've had, I'm glad that you had a doctor that was able to recognize the, you know, the separation of the medications. I, with I was, I don't know where your um, spiritual beliefs lie, but uh, I believe I'm on this absolute path for, for a reason and that I am guided mm -hmm. on here and I had uh, my rheumatologist at the time. Yeah. So I was very, I was in very good hands and interestingly enough, while they didn't can't and didn't confirm or say that the medication that I was on caused my breast cancer, she was confident that the fact that it has, it had accelerated it and made it so aggressive. To me, that was again, a blessing because that's how I was able to discover it. Something seemed so off, so quick, so fast. And that's one of the things that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm terrible with medications because of the fact that I just, I just feel like, especially for me, I have such bad luck with medications, but I also, I get such horrible side effects with them all the time. And I now like, I'm actually now kind of, a little bit in an argument with one of my doctors because I'm like, I do not want to go on a biologic period. Like I will try to figure this out on my own. I'm on a, a small amount of medication right now. And I just, mm -hmm. because I've had such bad experiences in the past with medication. And it's like what you say, it's like, if that, um, it's a blessing in disguise, absolutely. But you know, the fact that it accelerated the cancer, it's like, well, what would have happened if you know, you didn't see it in time or something. So that's scary. It's and I just, it's, yeah. you know, but those, I, just, I mean, those medications, it's great that they are available because and sometimes that's needed. Yes. But my whole thing is wait, I wait as long as I can. And, and the small, and I'm, I'm yeah. and I'm not going to, not going to layer medication on medication and medication to manage my life. I'm going exactly. to, I have to, I have to manage my <laughs> life. That's one of the things too. It is over. It can be overwhelming, and um, and rightly so. These medications. It's not just a mm -hmm. anti-inflammatory that we're that we're talking about. They're 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 bigger guns than that. Absolutely. And and again, like I'm not saying like people that are out there listening. You know, medications are good. They're there to help you. They're there to heal you. They're there. Yep. You know, they're made to make sure that you live a healthy life and live a normal life. I'm just trying not to take them. That's all. So don't take my advice. <laughs> so, you know, we talked about the hardest thing. What do you think has been the best thing to come of all this apart from your radio station? <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, my radio show is awesome. So the best thing to come out of it is the exact same flip side as the hardest thing, because it was going through that really hard, hard season finally allowed me to get it to embrace self-care, to understand that a lot of the emotions that I was dealing with, even just from my own personal life, suppressing those, 
saying, you know, you're a people pleaser or you're trying to take things, but a lot of the stuff I just wasn't addressing. When I would address it, I would not reach for maybe the best things for me. I know I'm not the only one in the, that has chronic illness that, that sometimes would self-medicate to try for, for symptoms or for mood or, yeah, I mean, right, it's, it's real. And I'm not ashamed to talk about that. I think it's really important. But what happened for me from going through that really hard time, it really made me evaluate and reevaluate who I was, why I'm here, how precious life is, and what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. And that was to be, I like to say to be, um, I use it all the time, being in the driver's seat and wanting to take more control. And so much of it was the self-care piece. And because for those three years of recovery, I needed to give myself a lot of grace. I needed to slow down. There was no choice. And if that hadn't happened to me, I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have made those choices. So the gift of all that, all of the challenges that I went through in that season was the fact that it allowed me to open my eyes, wake up and make different priorities. I, I, that's at the key. I, I put priorities to different, to different things than, uh, than I had and the value of what it means to be well and my value of what I'm able to contribute to the, to the world is just really shifted. I can definitely, definitely, agree, definitely agree to all of that, you know, self-medicating and changing and being a better person and, and being a better person for myself, but also trying to make this world a better place for people that are dealing with what we're dealing with too. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. I know. Uh, I think that's, it's interesting though. You know, you talk about self-medication and you don't realize how detrimental that is when you're going through it because it's not about the substance that you're using, whether it's alcohol or drugs or prescription medications or whatever it is. It's about the feelings that you have inside and it's about repressing those feelings and those emotions. And that's what the hardest thing is because that in turn makes your disease worse. <laughs> and can bring on more conditions. And yes. I mean, and that was the, that was the turning point for me as well, because I didn't address the, the stress, things in my life became more stressful. And then it started to migrate, not just to rheumatoid arthritis flare-ups, but really severe um, stomach conditions from, from stress that I was, yeah, my body was screaming at me to pay attention. Yeah, exactly. Your body's mm-hmm. like, stop it. Mine, yeah. mine did that too. And I ignored it for about 10 years. Right? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> so I have a fun one for you. If you could go back in time and tell your younger self something, what would it be? Mm. I would tell I would tell my younger self things. I would like to be her coach there all all the time throughout what uh, so many of the things. But you know, really, what I would again, I was diagnosed eight years old and in grade four back in 1970, whatever that was, I then from then on a hall pass, I got an exemption from PE class. Can't be running around and doing things that everyone, everyone was doing. And that set up for me a limiting belief that I, as someone with rheumatoid arthritis, exercise wasn't for me. I wasn't supposed to, I couldn't move my body like that. It was too hard. It hurt. It didn't do that. And so that combined with the pain, developed into an extremely sedentary lifestyle. In the last two years, I've changed that. And I 
I work out regularly. I've committed to exercise. It's made such a huge positive impact. So I would tell that eight-year-old girl that just because she is not going to PE class at school, that moving, moving her body is important, that it will make, make her stronger, both mentally and physically, that it will actually protect her body. And that, did you know that exercise boosts your immune system? Do, you don't have to do and move your body like the other people in the field or in the class. You do what you can with what you've got. Your brain is a muscle, your body is a muscle. Go outside and play, go run around. That's what I would tell her. That's awesome. And I think that that's huge because, you know, especially with someone else that has an autoimmune disease, I, I try to exercise almost every single day, whether it's taking my dog for a walk or going for a run. You're right. It, it helps everything. It, in, it boosts your immune system. It creates endorphins. It just makes you a little bit more sharp and on the ball. The interesting thing that you said, though, is the fact that your brain is a muscle. And I, I, I try... I'm almost like addicted to it, but I try to read really like educational books and do schooling all the time and, and try to always educate myself because, you know, your brain is a muscle. And so why not feed it with things that aren't going to be mind numbing and, and stupid things? I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I, I watch Netflix and I love my Netflix shows. That's fine. But, you know, when I'm on the off side, I try to do these courses and I try to do all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, this course is on sale. I'm going to get that. So I think at the end of the day, people don't realize that their brain is a muscle and it's like, they just say, oh, well, I'm just a forgetful person. No, you're not a forgetful person. You just need to train your brain to stop forgetting so much. And, yeah. but people don't recognize that. They don't recognize that. And they also, it's like the, the, the limit, limiting belief. If yes. you don't think you can. Um, and you're not going to. I know with like on the exercise piece, I would literally that was my back pocket excuse. Oh, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. And I'm not expected to do that. And it would just, I, would give myself, I would give myself a pass. But one of the things that was such a profound learning point is that if you have unchecked inflammation in your body, so rheumatoid arthritis, lots of inflammation, there are other conditions where you can have unchecked inflammation, that the longer that you have unchecked inflammation, it is extremely hard on your heart and cardiovascular conditions for people with autoimmune conditions that do not get their disease activity under control, do not maintain a healthy body weight and do not, are not physically active, uh, have a lower life expectancy because of damage to their heart. So that when I really learned and heard that two and a half years ago from when I interviewed my rheumatologist on chronic wellness radio. Um, That's awesome. I, I honestly credit that. It was, it, that was, again, it was my wake up call. It's like, oh, wow. So reducing inflammation, medication, if you need to, for, for your diseases prescribed by your doctor, but moving your body, fueling your body with, with, mm -hmm. with things. I mean, I'm, I, again, in the last two, two years, I've started taking like really good supplements for my body and doing things and increasing my hydration and the, the, and the exercise component because it boosts our immune system, it reduces inflammation, and that has an overall effect positively on our health. Because again, we are not, we're not defined by our disease. It is not just our body system has everything else to figure out and to maintain and to, to thrive 
in outside regardless and on top of what we have as a chronic condition. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, what you said in regards to fueling your body, that's huge. When I started eating better and eating healthier and, and I did the elimination diet, of course, you know, what is causing inflammation in my body? What's bothering me? And I figured out that I can't eat meat. I can't eat dairy. I can't eat eggs. So I'm vegan now. And it's awesome because I can pretty much manage my disease through diet. But that being said, it took a long time with a lot of medications and a, a long time to get here. And so, you know, it's taking those medications, but also complementing it with a really healthy diet and figuring out what you have for trigger foods. And then the other thing too is, you, you, yeah, exactly. Getting supplements. The one thing that I'm doing right now is I have turmeric capsules and that's anti-inflammatory. It's huge. So look what's on my desk. Turmeric. Yeah. Perfect. I love doTERRA. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's finding yeah. what works for you, what medications work for you. And it's making sure, you know, I, in one of my previous podcasts, I said, you know, if you're on this medication and you're trying to get healthy, but you're going to Burger King every other day and having a burger, it's like, you're, no, you're just not, it's not going to work for you. You know, you have to take the necessary steps in order to get better along with the medication. Like the medication's there to help you, but you have to be the person to take the necessary actions in yes. order to, you know, you have to advocate for yourself. You have to, to, to get yourself better pretty much. Take responsibility. This is totally. not our, our, whether you are in the camp that you think that stress may have contributed to your chronic condition, whether or not you believe any of that, if your belief is that your 100% only go-to is what your doctor will tell you to go and pick up at the pharmacy or infusions or this. Is. If you think that is the only thing to help, well, good, good luck to you. Um, yeah, good that's luck. not enough. <laughs> that's not, that's not enough. That's not enough to thrive. One of my taglines, we have to be in the driver's seat. We have to be yeah. in charge. We owe it to ourselves. We would want, we would want that for um, someone that we loved or our best friend. Mm -hmm. So Definitely. we should stand up and want that passionately for ourselves and to take yeah take control yeah you can go you can have you can have burgers or you know you can have a treat here and there but if that if we're putting garbage into our body oh, that's a whole that infl inflammation yeah, lo <laughs> loves sugar and processed foods and stuff like that I did oh, um, yeah. and and listening to you know how you so you've you've made a change and you're now vegan because you've eliminated one of the things that that weren't good for you when you are putting the stuff into your body that works well for you, you can feel it. You feel the difference. Yes, time. For me, I mean, I, I talked about doing, um, doing exercise. I also have a major accomplishment last year. I lost 60 pounds by oh, awesome. moving to, yeah, by moving to um, a ketogenic, nutritional ketogenic diet. So really healthy. Like we've never eaten more vegetables um, mm -hmm. in, in our life. And there's ways that you can do it for, for for being healthy and it's not, I don't go in for fads, but I also don't, I do things the way it works for me and I can feel the difference and my body responds to it with the energy and with different things. So food and hydration is another one. So important, Big time. you know, and uh, all that movement. It's like the, the different, um, the different pieces that we have to be responsible for. Absolutely. 
And it's one of the things I was going to say is it's, it's not blaming other people for you, but, oh, I got this because it's genetic. So where I got the la la la, it's taking, it's like we said, what you said, it's taking responsibility. The one interesting thing that I was going to say is um, there's actually a lot of evidence that ketogenic diets are anti-inflammatory to a point that it puts people into remission. And I did study after study after study of that. And I actually went on a keto, like a vegan keto diet. So it was a lot of avocados. It was a lot of coconut oil. Um, I did that for all of last September and October. And I didn't really lose that much. Like, I think I lost five or six pounds, like not a lot of weight, but my inflammation level was non-existent, which was crazy. It is so amazing. I'll have to put a link in my podcast for a little bit of evidence towards that. Just going to the gym alone wasn't mm-hmm. cutting it. I've been going to the gym for two years. I've been doing keto for one year. The, my weight barely budged. It needed, it needed that. It's like a, chem, like a chemistry set inside. Like we have to have mm-hmm. the, the different things that have to work, work for us and it's reducing inflammation and boosting our immune system. We want to be healthy. Our overall foundation of health is going to be the largest determining factor for us to make it through, you know, what, whatever. We need to be healthy and strong. Absolutely. Definitely. And especially when we're going through a global pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> you think? Yeah. Yeah. So what do, you, what do you think has helped you the most up to now with your disease? Well, I think a lot of it is just sort of the stuff that we've been, we've been talking about. I think that early on, it's your, your mindset and your outlook and your desire to live well with whatever comes your way, I think is so, is so key. It's, it's been really important. I think that the, the mind body connection for the stress factor, which we've talked, um, talked quite a bit about, I think that's valid. And I also think for, to find ways to make it, make it work, work well for you. Having chronic illness, having chronic pain, having things that flare up in our body, it is not, it's not fun. It's not easy. Nobody's saying it is, but you're not the only one and the person that doesn't have chronic illness, maybe they have mental illness, maybe they're suffering in ways that you don't know. Everyone has something. We all have challenges. And for me, I've moved from being in the push, 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 I can do anything with, you know, don't let that chronic illness stop me. I've totally reframed that into how am I going to make this work for me? And so my mindset has been served me really well, as has going away, pushing forward and developing the self-care habits, developing the healthy, healthy lifestyle habits, addressing, I'd become dependent on so many prescription medications, sleeping medications. And then when it was like, when my stress was mounting, they wanted to add like another medication. So being in the driver's seat and looking at the root cause and seeing what I can do to change what's around me and how I'm approaching it through a lot of personal development and some self-growth and some discovery and reading some books and, you know, reframing, reframing that has been the most powerful thing for me to allow me to be in the driver's seat because it is in combination with it, with everything. Medication alone or treatments have not been, they've been a part of it, but I think I play a larger role in that down the road might have to get a knee replacement. We'll see. I'm open. I'm open to being um, an active participant in wherever this journey takes me. I'm not going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to be in the driver's seat and make the decisions and 
onward we go. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, having that mind body connection is huge with disease because your mind is always on that go, 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 go. And it's constantly in that state of fight or flight response. And I think that's why like yoga and meditation is so huge and so important because number one, you stop being in that fight or flight response all Mm -hmm. the time and your cortisol levels lower, but also it allows your mind and your body to be connected. I'm actually doing this really, I don't know if you're into meditation at all, but I just started doing this um, new breathing technique. It's by the Iceman Wim Hof. Anyways, I'll, I'll email you the link and stuff like that, but it's amazing. I'm used to have such a hard time with meditation, but I started doing this and it's just crazy how my body's changed and how connected I feel with like every single cell in my body, which is really strange. I sound like a hippie, but it's really cool. But having that mind-body connection is huge when you have disease, when you have anything, either, you know, it's having that mind-body connection is, is so important when you have any type of illness, disease, sickness, when you have stress, whatever it is. And, you know, you talked about people almost comparing their their diseases to other people or their stories to other people. And, and I actually just listened to a podcast this morning by Brene Brown, and she was talking to Rana Burke, the founder for the BLM or the um, Me Too movement. And so what they called that is comparable suffering. And when I heard that, I was like, oh my gosh, people are saying out there like, oh, well, I have Crohn's disease and it's, you know, it is what it is. I deal with what I deal with, but you know, it's not that bad. You know, I know there's other people out there that are, have it worse than me sort of thing, or I'm not going to get any X, Y, Z, la, 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 because they're comparing their stories to other people. And I thought that was so interesting because people like invalidate their stories. They minimalize their suffering. They're, they, they think that what they're going through is just not big enough to talk about or to deal with or to whatever because they compare to other people and I think that Mm -hmm. that's that in itself is not putting yourself in the driver's seat because you're you're literally putting other people's stories above yours but that's not Mm -hmm. okay because you don't need to invalidate your feelings or your emotions because you think that someone else is suffering more than you you just you don't have to do that if you are in pain, if you're suffering, if you're dealing with an illness, if you're dealing with anything, if you're dealing with someone else that has an illness, your mom, your dad, your, your, your partner, whatever it is, your story is valid and you can talk about it to your friends or a stranger or anything. Those feelings that you have inside are valid and it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to talk about what you're going through because you do not need to suffer with that inside, holding mm-hmm. it inside of you. So talked about how if we hold those things inside like break it's like it's so so unhealthy yeah comparing comparing levels of of suffering or challenges that people have it doesn't serve serve any purpose so it's all of that is so it's so related absolutely and I think when you go through a trauma or when you go through something when you're a kid and you don't really process it as like an adult, or you're not really sure how you feel about it. And then there's those repressed emotions. And then there's a whole slew of, we could literally talk about this for another hour, but it's just, you know, feeling people that have disease and, and feeling like their disease, it doesn't matter. You don't have to compare your story to anybody. 
you know, if, if you're suffering, it's, it's okay. You can talk about it to anybody. So I think that's, I think that's so important for sure. So having your, your identity not being wrapped up in any one thing, I think mm -hmm. is super, super important. I don't think that if you're a mother, that your whole identity should wrap, be wrapped up in being a mother. And, or if you're working hard, I don't think your whole identity should be with being that top employee and that top yeah. performer. And when you have a chronic condition, your whole identity absolutely should not be all wrapped up in, in that. It is one facet of what can be your amazing life. A hundred percent. Absolutely. Actually, talking about that, it's really interesting because I, one of my, oof, this is a while ago now, but I, I did a podcast with um, a lady named Shauna and she actually said, you know, why, like people think that other people judge them or that, or they have mm -hmm. their opinions about them or, or they think that people are going to think less of them because of their illness. And she said, you know, well, what about a baby? A baby does nothing. They're just there but people love them. You were a baby once. You're still that person. People love you. It doesn't matter if you're sick or you're not sick. If you're bedridden or at work 70 hours a week, actually, if you're bedridden, people will probably like you more because you're actually there all the time. <laughs> you know, it's, it's one of those, it's like that thought pattern. And for some reason, it's like those self-limiting beliefs, whatever reason why we think that about ourselves is like, oh, they're not going to like me because I have Crohn's disease. Hmm. Where do, where do those come from? So, but anyways, so Sandra, could you give any of our listeners a bit more advice for their struggles? I, I think the advice is to be, to be really open to different ideas. Be open to things like, Becky, you talked about meditation. I talked about uh, how, like with my, with my stress, I use essential oils movement, exercise. I think having an open mind is really important. It's not, it's important to not be confused by thinking that we're, that I'm suggesting that you should always be happy all the time or think positive and your, all your, your troubles will, will be gone. But what we focus on expands, reaching and finding what works for you. Don't rely on anybody else to tell you what is going to be exactly right for you. Do your research and know and listen to and be really in tune. If we are really in paying attention to our bodies, we can know before we get into a flare that we might need to adjust course. If we know and we believe that stress is a contributing factor, if we're really in tune and paying attention to how we feel, we may be able to do something, do something different. Be the captain of your ship. This is, this is your journey. And I like to empower people to do just that and to, and recognize some days are going to be, are going to be really hard. Mm -hmm. And, but if that's part of your experience, then find ways where you can make that okay as well, because it's so much, so much is, uh, is in the, is how, how we approach it with our, with our, our belief system and our mindset. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, <laughs> There are so many people out on the planet that still don't believe in the mindset sort of thing, you know, the law of attraction or what mm -hmm. you think mm -hmm. you are, you become and all that stuff. And it's like, oh, you're just a hippie and it's all hoaxy pokesy, but it's true. It is honestly true. If you believe that you are sick and you just keep saying to yourself, oh, I'm sick, the medication's not working, I'm just sick, I'm going to end up in the hospital again, guess what? You will. And if you 
think to yourself like, okay, the medication's working. I'm going to be healthy. I'm getting better and la, 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 la. Your cells will actually start working to get better for you. It's just, it's nuts. It's amazing how the body works. And you know what? I love essential oils. I like, I've got my boyfriend hooked on them. I use them for everything. It's like, oh, you're stressed out. I have an oil for that. Oh, your dog is sick. I have an oil for that. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Your car's not running properly. I have oil for that. (laughs) (laughs) It's, um, I just, I have loved having this conversation. Like there's just been, it's, it's been, it's been really, it's been really fun. And this has been, uh, I know that my listeners are going to enjoy hearing, hearing from you. Becky, you have a podcast. I do. Yeah. Tell, tell us about your podcast. Absolutely. So it's um, Cure Chronic and cure is a little bit of a, it's almost like an oxymoron because you can't cure chronic disease, but my hope is to cure invalidation, cure misdiagnoses, cure the misunderstanding and cure the unawareness of chronic disease and so much more like my I have a really broad exciting vision with what I'm doing but the biggest thing is I'm I'm creating a platform for people with chronic disease to talk about their story to give them a voice and so for people to hear them and not only say wow that person went through a lot they had to experience I can't believe they had to experience that but what my main goal is, is for people to listen to that. And if they're suffering with something and there's, they say, oh my gosh, Becky, I listened to your podcast with this person here. And I think I might have that disease, you know, and then I can get them connected with that. And that's already happened, which is crazy. But, um, and then I can get that person connected with the other person and be like, yeah, maybe you do have that disease. And then if they go and get a diagnosis and they get on treatment and they get better. Yeah that's exciting. That's really exciting for me. So for me, what I'm doing is I just, I don't want people to suffer like I suffered. And I don't want people to deal with doctors like I had to deal with. And at the end of the day, you know, I just want to create a chronic community so that we can all lift each other up. We can all understand each other and we can all create that awareness about chronic disease because we're not different. We just have a disease. Big deal. Mm-hmm. So, and there's so many people out there that have chronic disease. I kid you not. It's like every single human being on this planet either has a disease, knows somebody with a disease, or has experienced something with someone with a disease. It's just, it's, it's common, but it's misunderstood. And that's what I'm trying to do is create that understanding and awareness towards all chronic disease, not just one. I think that's great. And I mean, it's like that awareness, your, um, your platform and mine, we're, we're doing, we're doing just that and giving, giving a voice for, for people. I would, I want to just like say right now, I want to have you back on the show again and do, do this podcast collaboration thing. I think it's, I I mean, we just like, doesn't it feel like we've only touched the surface? There's so much more that we could talk about. Just so interesting for me, the best guests that I have on just like this conversation, there's so many things that we're, that we, we sort of click on in that. And a lot mm-hmm. of it is the, the stuff that is the mind, the mind and the body and the awareness. And I think that, uh, I think as a, as a planet and as a world, I think more and more people are waking up and respecting that all across the board through that's all awesome. areas. I think that is, uh, I think that's really great. Definitely. I, I hope that it just keeps getting better and better because I think the more people that 
understand that mind-body connection, that understand the divine energy, if you want to call it that, mm. the better they will be as a human being, but also hopefully the healthier they're going to be as well. But it's funny that you say that, you know, like I felt a connection with you and, and there's so many people that I have on my podcast. And I'm like, do you want to just be best friends? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. it's like you have this instant connection with them for some reason. And it's because you can relate on a certain level because you have chronic disease, but you also, I think that when you deal with chronic disease and when you have to you have that mind body connection. You just have those, that energy that just connects with people. So we are, we're creating, we're creating a, a, a community here. I know that from connecting with you through the radio station, I can see us having more conversations and we'll probably be introduced to a lot of really cool people in each other's networks. Cause it's, that's, that's how, that's how the, that's how this works, right? It's uh, you meet so many interesting people hearing Absolutely. their stories. Definitely. So yeah, well, thank you so much for your time and all your advice. And this has been awesome. But how can my listeners get in touch with you? Chronic Wellness Essentials on Facebook. Tools are Chronic Wellness Tips on YouTube. And the Chronic Wellness Radio Show is on CHLY 101.7, um, which is community radio here in Nanaimo, BC. I'm on every second Wednesday. Wellness Wednesdays on uh, um, with Sandra Sova on on the radio station. You can also you don't have to listen to it live on the on the air, and I also put them back up mm -hmm. on on, fa on Facebook or on YouTube. Perfect. Yeah, and I'll put a link to all your connections on my podcast description there as well. So yes, perfect. and uh, people go and go and listen to go listen to Cure Cure Chronic. It's uh, I want to catch up on a few episodes. I love this sort of information that we're able to to share with everyone. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think the more information, the more communication, the more whatever is going to create the most awareness out there. And so hopefully we can change some lives. That's for sure. Let's change some lives and let's have, a, um, um, have another conversation. I'd love to hear more about your story. We've talked a lot about my, my yeah. journey. I'd like to, I'd like to hear um, sort of what brought you to doing the work that you're doing. Absolutely. All right, ladies and gentlemen, our lovely listeners, that's all for this episode, but you can actually check it out as well on Sandra's radio show at chly.ca slash listen. And Sandra and I will catch you on the flip side. Bye.